Uh, let's pray quickly before our gracious God and Heavenly Father. You are so big, and I am so small. And Lord, as I handle your word today, I pray that you would be glorified and that you would be honored um, by the message. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 23, 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We need to back up a little bit to fully comprehend the depth of this prayer that Jesus made from the cross. Imagine the scene as vividly as you can. We've heard the account many times, and yet there is a danger if we allow it to become routine. I believe that it is vital to us to continue to see clearly in our mind's eye through the spirit, the greatest act of love and suffering of all time. On the night before his crucifixion, our Lord's emotional ordeal was accelerating. And he said unto them with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. During the Passover in the upper room, Christ was about to be, be betrayed by one of the 12, Judas Iscariot. Judas was one that had been with Christ throughout his ministry, one that had walked with him, one that saw him perform miracles, one that sat at his feet to be taught of him, one that saw God in human flesh willingly taking on the role of a lowly servant. Judas had a front row seat to Christ's earthly ministry. And yet this night, during the Passover, betrayal was in the air. Christ revealed, verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. They were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. Turning to Judas after he dipped, then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest do quickly. Jesus foreknew and spoke that night that the other 11 would be nowhere to be found when he was suffering most. Then saith Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. And then directing his conversation to Peter, who claimed he would never be offended, Jesus said unto him, verily, I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. After the supper, Christ led the 11 to Gethsemane, where he went to pray. The anguish of his soul is laid bare to us in the pages of scripture. My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Imagine our Savior praying, pleading, suffering, agonizing to the very point of sweating great drops of blood. And when he'd finished praying, he said, rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And they all forsook him and fled. 
And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. Jesus Christ, the word of God, was taken to be punished and humiliated by the very men he came to save. His sham trial began. He was brought before Caiaphas, the high priest. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death. Caiaphas berated Christ. He rent his clothes, said he had spoken blasphemy. And then to the crowd, he said, what think ye? They answered and said, he is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him. And others smote him with the palms of their hands saying, prophesy unto unto us, thou Christ. Who is he that smote thee? In the morning, he was brought before Pontius Pilate to face trial, a quote trial by the Roman governor. The angry mob demanded and prevailed to have Barabbas, a murderer and a robber, released instead of Jesus. But they cried all the more, saying, let him be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered him, the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And then upon the cross, the humiliation continued. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. He was beaten beyond recognition and put to death after incredible humiliation. Isaiah 52, 14 prophesies about Christ. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. In Isaiah 50, verse 6, it says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. He was betrayed and deserted, falsely charged, arrested and tried, mocked, humiliated, scorned and berated, physically beaten, bloodied and nailed to a cross by his executioners. And yet from the cross, he prays, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's suffering for the sins of men. He's paying the ransom for offenses against God that he had nothing to do with. And yet Christ is praying for his Father to forgive them. What love, what mercy, what grace, what a Savior. To bring this to us on a personal level. I know for myself, this is very true. When we read the latest news, often filled with debauchery, and we see the full-on attack on our Christian heritage, or we're spoken ill of, or we're despitefully used for the gain of another, or we're belittled for our faith, 
sneered at by the world. Our first inclination is often to be angry at the person's responsible. We think, how can they do this? How can they be so awful? How quickly our pride gets a hold of us. We should immediately think of all that Christ suffered, and yet he prayed for his persecutors' forgiveness. We should remember who we once were. Ephesians 2.3 says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We should call to mind Ephesians 6.12 and remind ourselves, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. While it's manifested in the physical realm we live in and through the actions of other people, Satan is spiritually behind all the wickedness in this world. But through his subtlety and deception, he has caused us to focus on the individual and not who was behind the curtain. We are too weak, we are too small, and we cannot battle Satan in our own strength. We're simply no match for him, but we can do battle and great damage to his plans when we are on our knees before our great and mighty God at the throne of grace. We can do special damage when we've been wronged, hurt, maligned, betrayed, deserted, humiliated, or mocked, And we choose to follow Christ's example and pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen.